Hey y'all, this is Brittany here with a brand new podcast series, The Authenticated Podcast. I will be covering a key focal point in my life, which has been my journey as an empath with anxiety. If you like my podcast, please do share, subscribe, and leave a review. So I just wanted to dive right in. As mentioned, this podcast episode is focused on my journey with anxiety. When I first experienced anxiety, it was in high school. I had a big group of friends, everybody always hanging out with each other, throwing each other surprise parties. I had a really good rapport with everybody and nothing to worry about whatsoever. But whenever I was in a situation where I was invited to go out on a trip to the beach or to the annual cottage that we would go to or a house party or a surprise party that was even thrown for me, it was the most paralyzing fear where most people are excited to go participate and hang out with friends and have fun and go have drinks. My brain would be thinking about scenarios that hadn't actually come yet. The best way I can put it is worrying about hypotheticals. What if someone doesn't like me? What if I say something stupid? What if I'm not as cool as everybody else? What if I don't wanna get as drunk as everybody else? What if I don't like drinking? Will they not wanna invite me again? What if no one's paying attention to me and I'm having a one-sided conversation? And those thoughts would lead to sweating, nervous energy. And I could probably honestly tell you that this would happen weeks in advance of actually attending the gathering. This was a normal day in my life from the age of 17 till now. And I am 33 years old. I like to say that there are many scenarios where my anxiety comes out, but It's very unpredictable. So sometimes it will come out instantaneously when I think I'm fine. And sometimes it'll come out well in advance where I'm thinking about something weeks away and what might happen. I remember one time I was at my old marketing job and my boss at the time had actually given me material to present in front of the entire office. In that moment, I had said to her, oh, you know, I might be sick that day. (laughs) And she knew why. I I let everybody know in my office that I do have presentation anxiety and that the thought of standing in front of a group of peers and speaking paralyzed me, which everyone responded, why do you have problems with that? Because I'm actually very extroverted and normally the only person talking in a quiet room. But when all the light is on me, suddenly I feel paralyzed and like, I don't know what to say. In this particular situation, I didn't want to present at all to a point that I almost quit my job that I was in for three years at this time. It scared me that much that I almost quit my job. I started thinking about excuses of how I could get out of this presentation. But if I fake it sick, that will only buy me one extra day. So I might just have to quit because this presentation is inevitable. I didn't sleep for weeks. I knew that this was something I had to do and I was not ready to do it. And, you know, there is a saying, there is no good time to do something. You know, there was, there was no out and I didn't know how to make it a good time. Even if I thought it wasn't, I didn't have the tools in my tool belt to succeed in this situation and to thrive and to 
overcome those internal dialogues and fears that I was having. And so what happened was because I kept telling myself I was going to fail and this is going to go poorly, it did. To a point that I was presenting with one of my coworkers and I made myself so anxious that it was making her anxious. And she said to me, I feel anxious going into this presentation because you feel anxious. And we both went up there and presented material that I was not passionate about. And because I was not passionate about what I was talking about, I didn't care to learn about it. And because I didn't care to learn about it, I wasn't able to present it to the degree that it should have been presented. I stood up in front of a room and it felt like I was standing on two pieces of rubber that you know, couldn't stand straight or couldn't stand still. I got my classic, what I like to call my Elvis twitching lip that, you know, the singer Elvis, when he goes to sing, he gets that, uh, that upper lip twitch. I just get that when I'm standing in front of a group of peers to present. No singing involved in this one, but every part of me had no feeling or was wobbling. And with that comes a shaky voice. So suddenly I'm talking like I have the shakes and I can't breathe because I can't breathe in and out because I'm having shortness of breath. And then I feel lightheaded. I had to get through just five minutes, maybe 10 tops of presenting. My face was white as a ghost. I had no saliva in my mouth. I couldn't breathe. My legs were wobbling. I didn't like what I was talking about. And when they told me, okay, the presentation's over, I almost passed out because I was getting no oxygen, nothing. I hold a standard to how I can do versus how I did do. And being an extrovert and someone who entertains people all the time, that was not entertaining whatsoever. That was just me trying to live through five minutes of presenting material I wasn't passionate about. And in my mind, it was the end of the world. Sometimes when you have anxiety, what's in your head is not actually what is being portrayed in reality. And that is part of the anxiety. It's almost this facade that you think yourself is going on that everyone else doesn't see. It would happen during work presentations. It would happen during social outings. I can't remember how many workplace lunches I was invited to and I would make my lunch just to avoid being invited because I didn't want to have to think about what I would have to say when I was hanging out with my coworkers over lunch, which is something, you know, people shouldn't have to worry about that. It's a very small situation and you should never have to worry about what you're gonna say or not say or, you know, missing out on things because of the fear of the unknown. Let's fast forward to a more entertaining side of things, which was the dating world. So anxiety has two sides. It has the pros and it has the cons. One of the things I've learned to embrace about my anxiety is the fact that it is the catalyst to why I am able to be so extroverted and so entertaining and so goofy and all of those charming things about me that I like and that people appreciate. Every time I would go on a date, it would go amazingly. It was unusual because my friends would always say, oh my gosh, every guy you go on a date with ends up being in love with you, wanting to take you home to mom and get married. And I said, yeah, you know what? It's kind of weird. It's not like I'm a 10 out of 10 in the looks department or anything like that, but I can really do well on a date. I now look back at that and laugh because they all fell in love with me because I was performing for them because I was anxious and I was saying what they wanted to hear and doing what they wanted me to do. 
you know, living up to that expectation of energetic performance Brit, which really stemmed from my anxiety. And my anxiety would, in, to some degree, actually overshadow the authenticity of who I actually am and what I actually want to say and how calm I would actually like to be in that situation. I would sit down with a guy and, oh, you like those eggs? I like those eggs too. And, oh, and I'm, I'm competitive. And when I'm competitive, I'm hyper. And my hyperness comes from nervous energy. And, you know, guys generally like a girl that's competitive and can keep up and likes games and sports. And, you know, I, I, I checked off all of those boxes. But it's very much all anxiety taking over and being what it needs to be for me to be looked at successfully in this situation. It's almost like fuel. It's almost like this fear of if you are not anxious, is the person sitting across from you going to accept you for who you truly are? Or are they in love with this anxious energy? Because at the end of the day, when my anxiety calms down is when I become comfortable with somebody And when I become comfortable with somebody is me truly authentically being myself. And anxiety actually almost makes it impossible for me to be that way when I'm in any social situation. Time has to pass for me to show my true colors. And I, you know, I've learned that that is the case and I've learned how to use that as a superpower. But, you know, it is a confusing thing when you go into work situations and social situations and situations with friends and dates and uh, you feel like you can't authentically be yourself. I actually remember one time I was at a house party uh, with my ex-boyfriend. I was so obsessed with him at the time that I thought to myself, oh my gosh, I'm going to a house party with my dream man's friends and I need to be the coolest chick in this whole room and steal all the attention and charm the pants off of everybody because that is something I have to do in order to survive in life. And it was top five of the worst days of my entire life uh, going into this St. Patrick's Day party completely nervous and anxious with this predetermined idea that I had to perform versus just being myself and what ended up happening was I actually ended up being the polar opposite of who I authentically am because I was performing and nervous because I wanted to be liked and I find that when you want to be liked you try harder And when you try harder, you're not being yourself. You're not being easygoing. You're not being comfortable. You're being comfortable with being uncomfortable. I went into that situation louder than I ever am, which is hard to beat. More nervous, which meant I was talking much faster. I was sweating. So I was wearing a tank top because I knew I would sweat. The only comfort there was my partner. And my partner was enjoying the company of his friends and I didn't have someone to rely on. And so I was floating around a room of strangers feeling like I had to entertain everybody. And what ended up happening was that actually turned everybody off. I would jump into conversations I wasn't a part of and try to take them over because like me, like me, see me, look at me. And that was my anxiety. Me without being anxious doesn't feel the need to do that and talk faster and almost like you're part of a circus. You're just kind of performing for people and they're there to watch you. And that shouldn't be the case when you are in a situation where you're just trying to enjoy yourself and be with your partner. So, you know, 
that party that meant so much to me ended up being a disaster because of how incredibly nervous I was to make an impression. There have been times where I've fully been invited to things and I've been halfway to the location of where I was going. I would get a rental car. I would drive to where I was going because I don't own a car. And when I was five minutes from arriving, I would turn around and head home when all of these people were expecting me to be there. And they would say, hey, Britt, are you almost here? Are you on your way? And I would say, oh my gosh, I found out I can only have a car one day and I have errands to do. So I actually am not able to make it out today, which is a flat out lie. I was too embarrassed to say, you know what? I'm, I'm feeling really anxious about coming over. I know I have no reason to feel that way, but nobody knows what's going on in my mind. So to explain to someone who sees you as this strong, empowered, confident woman who's there for all the jokes and the laughs and the entertainment when really the whole time you're so debilitated by anxious energy and suffocating, they don't know that. And that's really embarrassing to admit as somebody who is seen through a different lens. It's almost confessing something you're not comfortable letting people know about you in the world. And something I've learned is your biggest weaknesses are actually your biggest strengths and you should never be embarrassed to truly be who you are and be authentically you. I like to say that your biggest weakness can be your biggest strength, paralyzing yet empowering. So on that note, anybody who experiences anxiety, you're not alone. There's a lot of us out there. It's just kind of an unspoken thing. And you know, yes, my anxiety gives me nervous energy. It makes me talk fast, more, louder. It makes me sweat. It makes me bite my nails. When people see my fingernails, they're like, oh, you have such a pretty face. What is wrong with your hands? It's also the reason I'm so incredibly good at my job as a recruitment director. Why I'm able to make people feel comfortable immediately when they sit down with me because I have an open extroverted energy. It's why people at work turn to me for entertainment or energy when they're exhausted. Why they confide in me at work because I'm so open. It's why people think I'm funny. It's where I get my abundance of energy and why I was a child actress. It's what makes me charming. So you know I've learned how to turn the negatives into positives and how to use them as my superpower. There comes a moment where you realize that This is my unapologetic realness. So don't be sorry for who you are. You have to really learn how to wear it like a badge of honor and use it as a superpower. A wise man, RuPaul, once taught me that what people think of you is none of your business. That has proven to be so effective in me managing my anxiety because the less time I spend on worrying about what other people think of me because it truly is none of my business, the more time I have to spend on filling my own cup. And while those people shrink away and observe me from a distance and judge me or whatever they will or won't be doing, it's none of my business. I'm actually growing because I'm focusing on where my attention needs to be, which is on myself. The more meaning that you give to negative energy and thoughts, the bigger those energies and thoughts become, the more you bring them into your tomorrows and you need to be living in today. These are the types of thoughts that cause anxiety, but you have to always remember to remind yourself that what people think of me is absolutely none of my business. To add to this, I'm a 10 out of 10 on the empath scale. My empath 
ability is to feel what is not being said and hear what is not being said. I can feel energy in the room when it's negative and I can feel energy in the room when it's positive. And empaths feel everything around them. I can go in a room and know exactly who likes me, who's threatened by me, who's jealous of me, and who who enjoys me right away, which plays even more into the anxiety because anxiety is all in the mind. And so your brain is thinking, oh, I'm nervous. Oh, I have to talk to people. Oh, there's new people in the room. Will they like me? Should I perform for them? I don't know how to not perform for them. And then the empath in me knows exactly what you're thinking and exactly how you're feeling and exactly your stance on your opinion of me. So you're battling with the two sides of your anxiety coin and of your empath coin that are technically working against you. And what I've learned is that, you know, you have to find tips and tricks to be able to use these potential negatives as positives. As I mentioned, there are a lot of positives about my anxiety. And if I wasn't an empath, I wouldn't be as sweet or caring or giving as I am. And that is probably my favorite part of me and very authentically who I am. So, you know, I've integrated a lot of things into my daily life to really get me on track so that I can manage my day to day. I learned about myself that caffeine is a disadvantage for me when I drink it. I can feel it go through my veins. I get really, really anxious. Then I get really hyper and I'm like a bull in a china shop and nobody needs that. So instead of drinking coffee, I actually drink water or I'll drink really mild teas. I just started meditating uh, this summer and I'm still getting into the groove of it. But meditation is an incredible way to really challenge your brain to calm the world around you and to manage the traffic in your mind. I also combine meditating with breathing exercises. Breathing exercises are incredible because they bring oxygen to your brain and they allow you to have that sense of ease where all of that pent up tension that's built from your anxiety is automatically just released upon you know doing that practice it almost is like an immediate body relief that goes from head to toe where everything you're thinking all of a sudden doesn't exist and you're in a really really nice calm space i love exercising before bed because it helps with my blood flow and it helps with my circulation which helps brings oxygen to your brain I love reading books. I find it very therapeutic. I love cooking. Cooking calms me down and it makes me feel like I can treat people and that makes me feel good. I love taking baths before bed, even with Epsom salts, just to help calm everything down. I'm an extremely clean eater. I am a vegetarian. However, you know, I do believe that everyone should eat a diet that gives them the right amount of protein and their macronutrients. So their healthy fats, their healthy carbs, and their proteins. But the number one game changer in my life has actually been finding my community of people. I learned in the last year a lot of things. It has been an incredibly challenging but an incredibly changing year. I have been going through a spiritual awakening and realized that what I was missing in my life was my people, my community. People that I can feel comfortable around no matter what I say. And knowing that you have these people in your life that support you, that don't judge you, that want to be a part of your world, that will never, ever be someone you have to worry about, takes anxiety 100% away. 
because those hypotheticals that you should never worry about in your mind no longer are there because you know the people that you're around are your people and you never have to worry about those people. There's actually a book on the theory that people who live the longest in life actually are people who are surrounded by a strong community. And I wholeheartedly believe now that I have one that when you have the right people in your life and an abundance of them around you, life becomes abundant. Everything just starts to feel right. And all you realize you need is yourself and your people. And life becomes incredibly calm and satisfying when that comes into your world. I'm happy to say that I've arrived at that point now. And if ever I am in an anxious situation, because I do believe they will, you know, periodically come about, I like to actually put myself in uncomfortable situations where I used to get anxiety and I like to put myself in those situations periodically so that I get practice. Okay, a house party. Let's go to more of them than I would so that I can get used to them. But like I said, when you're at a house party with your people, it's different. You're around the right people. When you go through a spiritual waking, you almost level yourself up to a point that the familiar world around you starts to fall back and what that's replaced with is the world that you're now in and the people that belong in that world with you now you're filling your cup with the the right energy and the right people for the now and what once was you can still be a part of that world it's just now that you have this whole new chapter to your life that really adds to it and helps to almost be the spillover to your cup so that's kind of a little bit of insight into anxiety and just what my experience has been, you know, how proud I am to be in a place right now at the age of 33 where I can happily say that I've made immense life changes and turned my life upside down to really, really recognize how to help myself along in these situations and how to really fill my cup with the right things and walk away from the things that aren't doing me any favors in my life. I'm actually sitting in the east coast of Canada staring at the beautiful water. This is very calming for me and I came here to get a break from Toronto and everything going on with COVID as I'm sure all of my listeners know is going on in the world. It can make someone anxious. It can make anyone anxious. So it's nice to take a step away and find your serenity and enjoy that so that you can press the reset button and get back into your healthy new version of life. Anyway, you guys, I really appreciate you all listening to me. Talking about anxiety is something that I have become extremely comfortable doing. However, if you talked to me a year ago, I would have been in denial state and performance state and would have said, me? Anxiety? What? No, I'm not performing for you. I'm fine. I'm great the way I am. I'm taking all of these messages from the universe and all of these setbacks as actually a reset forward. So I'm pretty happy to have discovered all of this about myself and I'm hoping that some of my listeners can relate to what it is like to go through anxiety but more importantly that you're not alone. These thoughts you're having in your head, these debilitating fears you have, these mornings where you wake up anxious and you don't even know why, it's okay. It's normal. You are normal. Find a way to turn that into your superpower and use that to better your life.
And if you do enjoy this podcast and you want to share it, I would love that. So please do share, subscribe if you want to listen again, or do leave a review and tell your friends because my goal here is to help people overcome some of these issues that are never talked about and come along this journey with me. And I'm still a work in progress myself. You know, we can be a work in progress together. Thank you guys so much for listening and enjoying my podcast. This is my journey as an empath with anxiety, and you are listening to the Authenticated Podcast with Brittany. Have a great day, everybody.